Hello, and welcome to the Paul Green Comedy Podcast Special Edition. I've got a guest. I know usually I just talk about myself for 20 minutes, but now I've got club owner, comedian, Jim Perry, and now he's going to talk about me. So, <laughs> Yes, you're a very handsome, talented fellow. It's all about Paul today. Just do that for Give it up for Paul. So, Jim, thank you so much for being on my podcast. So I call this podcast a podcast uh, by a dreamer for dreamers. I love people who go for dreams, go for what they want in life, no matter how crazy, no matter how audacious. I love that you have started a comedy club. You started comedy sort of later yeah. in life. Can I say that? Of course. It's not offensive yeah. to mention yeah. that you're you're older. Not that later, but yeah, not that. a little late, yeah. But late. So, yeah. I would love uh, just tell us a little bit about you, your journey, how you got into comedy, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm originally from Chicago. I uh, grew up in Chicago. And then in 2004, we moved here in Arizona. And uh, to give you a little bit of background of like my, my work career, I was a police officer, uh, got injured after about 10 years, retired, opened up a security company. And uh, the security company started doing really well. And I started getting to a point where the security company was doing so well that I was had nothing to do. You're like, I need to find a way to lose money. Yeah. I see. So yeah, right? I need an endeavor that loses <laughs> yeah. comedy. That, yeah. That's where all that. But my, go. my staff was like doing all the work for me, and I was more of in a supervisor role. So I found myself bored, and I was literally watching hours of Netflix every day at home. And the wife was like, absolutely not find a hobby. So I took a comedy class like five, six years ago in Scottsdale. And uh, I absolutely got the bug for comedy and just started loving it. And, you know, some guys golf and, and some guys bowl or whatever. And I, I was like, look at me, I can tell naughty jokes. And I, I kind of liked it. So I totally got hooked. And then I got to the point where I wanted to perform at the clubs instead of just doing like open mics and bar shows. And I realized that there's a lot of networking and a lot of things involved to get into clubs. And I was like, well, what does a guy do? He buys his own club and books himself. So, but no, in, in all seriousness, it's been nice because it gives me an outlet to help comedians that are looking to get on stage, give them an easier way to get on stage because my heart is of a comedian. And then it helps me perfect my act. And what I've noticed is that has also opened me to networking opportunities that has allowed me to get gigs outside the club. So overall, it's just been a great thing. We're giving you know laughs to people, customers. The neighborhood loves us. Um, comics that we're working with locally, they have a, a weekend show opportunities, and now they're getting better perfecting their act. You're one of our regulars. Yeah. Um, he hasn't perfected his act yet, um, but he's he's trying. He's trying. That's another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Will Paul Green perfect his act? But no, overall, it was it was really just you know I'm in a different season of life. I worked you know 80 hour work weeks for 20 some odd years, if not longer. And now I want to have a little fun. My kids are grown. They're in college. And this is my golf game, if you will. Yeah. 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 And I will say, as a stand-up comedian, what you've provided here is absolutely it is invaluable. I mean, Thank you. this type of stage time for a comedian, especially where I'm at, where most, let's be honest, most comedians are at. It's like if you're yeah. not Dave Chappelle, you're something else in some degree or another. Exactly. And to be able to have a comedy club, first of all, that that pays you. Big dollars, everybody. Big dollars. 
I mean, but I mean, I say that facetiously, but I mean, Nate, multi- you could buy whatever value meal you want at McDonald's yeah. with what we pay. Well, not with inflation, but <laughs> but a, a little bit out of a pocket. Yeah, right. I mean, but honestly, at this stage of the game, I mean, almost every gig I do or I have done, I'm either paying to be on stage or even expecting to get paid is like, what? You think you're going to get paid, you know, and it's a lot of showcase type shows where you do maybe exactly. five minutes with 17 other comics. Yeah. You know, the 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 bookers or whatever expect you to bring people because they haven't built an audience. So exactly what I love so much about this club. First of all, you have a built an audience. Yeah. I mean, the, the shows are, I mean, at worst, like the worst show is like half full, but it still feels packed because it's an intimate venue. But most shows are packed. I mean, the shows last night were, I mean, you're busting at the seams. Yeah, we had two sold out shows last night, but we're in a room. Um, you know, it's a small room. It sits about a hundred people. You know, if we're packed, maybe 110 people The you know, the ceilings are low, um, intimate space. And then what's nice to me is it's built for comedy. Right. So, I mean, you literally could have 20 people in this room and just a terribly as far as tickets sold show, but it's still a lot of fun because it's a small space. Yeah. Whereas some clubs, you know, they're very large. And if you have 20 people, you feel that as a performer. Right. So. Yeah, it, it's invaluable experience. Um, you know, I was in L.A. for for seven years, and this type of venue, it just doesn't exist. I mean, there was nowhere that I could go and get five shows in a week where I'm getting extended sets, 10 minutes, 12 minutes, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's invaluable. So I, I've been incredibly grateful for the club, very impressed, very grateful for you that you you built this club. And one thing that I talk about when it, you know, talk about going for dreams is I feel there's this sort of idea that, there's only one dream and it's like rich it's like you have to be Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> you know you have to throw a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. or your life is meaningless and it's like well one out of a hundred million people get those but I mm-hmm. feel for so many people they have dreams and ambitions that are are maybe more more humble but are still in like an incredible life experience mm-hmm. and so I love that idea where like I just want to I, I want to perform on stage more often trying to go hustle and get into maybe the bigger name clubs, you know, the improv or, you know, the laugh factory, those types of clubs. It is incredibly competitive to even get five minutes on those things. Right. But I think what's good about a club like us is we become your gym where you can perfect your stuff and then don't tell Paul, but he's actually funny and he's easy to work with, but you know, we don't want him to get a big head. So I, I, I've done 50 episodes and do nothing but talking about myself. I think my, uh, my, my head is sufficiently big. Uh, so yeah, I, I love that you just, you crafted your dream the way that, that you want it to look like it's, I just yeah. want to be able to perform. I love that you, you work with your family. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, about, um, how your family has, um, been incorporated into the dream? Yeah. Have so, so with me, like I said, it was it was really a way to, for me to find an outlet, perfect my act, give back to the community, not only from the customer, but the local comedian. But also, my kids are in college, and we wanted somewhere for them to work. And my wife is in that season of life where we'd rather be more together than apart. And what's nice is... She wants to be with you more. Well, that's <laughs> what I want to believe. Um, but to have dreams, this yeah, dreams. So I was like, "Hey, come serve White Claw, and we'll tell dirty jokes." So there you go. But no, it's it's been nice. I mean, and I think I'm an I miss the days where there were businesses that were owned by families. Right. And I think our secret sauce, if you will, 
is it's not about like who's on the flyer. That's important that they're funny and the whole lineup's funny. Right. But I think our secret sauce as a club is I think people really love that it's family owned and they see that we love comedy, we're working together, and they feel like they're really giving to something where they see where their dollar is going. Whereas um, nothing against the bigger clubs, everyone has their own business model and it makes sense in their own way. But there's sometimes, you know, you can spend your dollar and you're like, where is it exactly going? And I think they see it and that's why they almost become, you know, part of the family. I mean, the joke has always been, you're like the cheers with jokes, you know? So it's been cool. And, uh, you know, if this just turns into, for me, a place where I can tell jokes with, with my friends and the neighborhood, that's fine. But what I have noticed is in just the short time that I've been doing this, it's actually led to a lot more exposure of my comedy and local comics, and it's getting us more jobs. And it's helping us perfect our material because it's all about repetition. And uh, you're in front of real audiences. Right. You're not in front of, you know, at the bar show with the TVs and you're competing with an NFL game. Right. So I, I really like what we're doing, and I, I like, you know, I have passion for this. I enjoy going to work, and it's it's been fun. I'm just in a different season of my life, and, and this is what I want to do right now. And like I said, I, I've I've already worked and earned the money and and went to school and I'm just you know I'm 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 digging this. Got to waste some. Yeah, it's time to 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 lose money. There's no faster <laughs> no way to lose money than comedy. That's right. That's right. Watch all this money uh, fly out of my pocket. So yeah, if you're in comedy to make money, quit now because yeah, the good journey. Good luck. It's all about you know maybe. The money will come. It's one of those things. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I've been in I've been in the stand up comedy game exclusively for about well, not exclusively, but for about eight years. And it's very well, rare that I'll even break even. I'm well, correct me. My understanding of your journey. Let's make it about Paul. Uh, my understanding is that you did comedy here for quite a while, and then actually moved to L.A. for a while, and now you're back a little bit. But you've been in that whole L.A. You've seen a very competitive market compared to what what we're seeing here. Yeah, yeah, and it is. Man, it it's just brutal, brutal out there. You know what I mean? It just the the sheer volume of talented, funny, ambitious comedians that that you're competing against. I mean, it's it's really something else. And so it has been a great breath of fresh air to come back here to Arizona to have a club like this, where yeah, I can do 12 minutes in front of a enthusiastic, paying audience, and they don't even care who I am. You know, right? I mean? Like. They don't need a big headliner. They don't need Bill Burr, you know, to right. show up for them to buy money to do a comedy show. Like, Which makes the laughs real because, you know, even when those comedians, in my opinion, get real famous, they get a good couple few minutes where it's like they're going to laugh just because that's Bill Burr. Right. But here, you know, you have to earn your earn your laugh and then that helps you know if a joke is really working or not. Right. So and an engaged audience is everything, I think. Absolutely. So. I like to get into this side of things because, again, I talk about going for dreams, the positive and also the negative and the struggle. So I'd love for you just to talk about what's some of the difficulties, the struggles, things that didn't go well. What what have you learned navigating through those? Well, you know, I joke, but there's a lot of truth in this in, in this jest is that, you know, I never thought after going to college and getting my master's degree in adult education that I would own a comedy club telling dirty jokes in a strip mall next to a massage parlor. Right. That was not the dream, but it's funny that, you know, sometimes you just can't plan everything out. 
Um, I was in the military, and then after the military, I became a police officer. And my goal and my dream was to be a police officer for 30 years and retire and then, you know, retire with my wife and raise my kids. And I just thought that was the journey. And then 10 years in, I got injured. And then it was like, oh, well, God's got a different plan for me. And then I had to figure that out. So I went back to school. I got my degree. I opened up a business. Um, Your injury, I didn't know that. So your injury was career ending. It was like back blowing out a knee equivalent. Yeah. And my injury is actually on the internet. So I volunteered. It's a, it, the taser, we all know what the taser is. Right. So I got tased in, in a training in the back and what happened, it wasn't purposeful, but the officer was supposed to hold me so I wouldn't fall. And not only did he hold me so I wouldn't fall, but he didn't allow my arm to move. And when you get tased, you have to move pretty violently. So a bunch of ligaments in my shoulder got torn apart and because of that, if you can't hop a fence, you can't be a cop. So I had to reinvent myself. So again, went back to school and then opened up the security company. And again, that's doing well. And uh, and then it was, I, I got kind of tired out of just working so hard. Even though those were jobs I wanted to do, they were still jobs. It sounds fun to say you were a police officer, but after about six months driving fast and chasing people gets old very quickly. And you realize it's not what you see on television. Right. So um, I like what we're doing now. So sometimes I wouldn't say this was my dream, but it's a new dream. Right. And I like that it's that. Now, what's my dream from this point of view? I, you know, I would love to like, my dreams are not as high as like, you know, I want to be famous selling out theaters or arenas. I, I really don't want that. I, you know, I want to work like, you know, the, the cruise ships and tell jokes maybe do a full circle and, and perform comedy for like the troops. Yeah. Um, those are the kind of things I'd like to do. And then mostly my dream is to, um, you know, be with my family and spend time with them. That's quality time. We're very involved in our church, um, which makes me so schizophrenic if you heard my material. Um, and you know, do more things for the community and stuff. So as you get older, you settle down. So I, I mean, those, I don't know if those are like the best dreams in the world, but they're mine. So yeah. it's all good. Well, and my health, you know, I want to stay healthy. I've had some health challenges that have been a little scary. And, and with that said, I just, uh, I just want to stay healthy and focus on that too. So, yeah. Well, and again, it's, it, that's your dream, right? And yeah. the reason I'm doing this again, cause I think an American, oh, the American dream, there's sort of this expectation that it's this one thing. It's like, right you know, a $40 million house, Lamborghinis, and you know what I mean? Right. Like this sort of like opulent whatever. No, as far as that stuff, you know, I, I've been married 29 years to my high school sweetheart. I mean, it doesn't get more wholesome than that. Uh, the joke I say is I was her teacher. I'm just kidding. Um, and then we have the beautiful, healthy kids and we got the house and we did all that. So financially we've saved, we were smart with our money. Um, but, you know, now it's about more just being content and 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 relaxing and enjoying work and if we're going to make money enjoy it and not have to um you know just hate every day clocking in and out because there's so many of us that have went through that yeah so i hear one major setback as a police officer what have been some challenges setbacks you know with your comedy journey starting this club that maybe have been challenging that you've had to navigate through uh what was challenging as far as opening the comedy club the biggest thing is just dealing with the personalities of the comedians. 
you know, everyone comes from a different point of view in life. And also, this is going to sound probably churchy, but I believe everyone has brokenness of some sort. It's just a matter of if they want to deal with that or not. And sometimes I feel when I have to be the authority figure in any way or give any type of structure, I become the bad guy. Right. And uh, that's been a challenge just kind of. What I've noticed is I don't have a badge anymore. So when I talk, they don't listen the same. (laughs) So I'm trying to adjust and be more politically correct. I'll share this. um, And I say this with peace and love. Paul and I had a disagreement once. And uh, I came at him uh, pretty harshly. And uh, I was just being me. And um, what I noticed was he was not prepared for the way that I, I came to him. And then I approached him. I apologized. I approached him in a different way. And I think we've been good friends since then. But my point was that was a life lesson for me that, you know, you have to adjust to different personalities when you're managing people. Because I was never really a manager before. Um, well, as a, as a security owner, I have managers. Sure. But now I'm managing. So I have to be, um, I guess the challenge would be just like, oh, they... Don't hear what I'm not saying, but, you know, this person doesn't communicate. They may read into something that I really don't mean. There's so many. You're saying, Jim. Yeah, exactly. Um, Like, there's times where, like, you know, uh, comics or whoever would want to talk to me and I'm in the middle of working. And I might be short with them or firm and they take it personally. And it's like, it's not personal at all. I'm working. You know what I mean? So, I don't know if you can extend on that. I mean, how much you want to share. But do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Um, that's been a challenge, just kind of adjusting to personalities. Yeah, I mean, that is kind of interesting because you go with your security business, it's like you hire every employee that you work with. But stand up comedian is, you know, it, it's a lot looser of a, a of a working relationship. You know, yes. Now you're you're dealing with anywhere from, you know, 10, you know, to 20, 30 comics a week. And, you know, us comics are not necessarily known for being well-adjusted, mature, (laughs) you know, individuals. And plus, you know, we're not actually on a payroll. You know what I mean? There's not an HR department. It's a, yeah, it's an interesting work dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. If there was an HR department or any type of policies, I I don't think it would work well. Right. (laughs) So, um, or that HR department would be the most busy HR department. Yeah, and my wife and my kid being my only employee, they would probably file complaints against me in some some right. sort of way. So, but uh, no, yeah, I think that's been a challenge, and just uh, you know, customer service, dealing with the public from a different point of view, um, financially. You know, we opened during COVID, right? And they immediately said that we only could be at half capacity, and you know, we had to pay the rent. Uh, we had times where we had to get creative in the way that we did shows to get people in the door, and you know, luckily I had a background in business to kind of understand how to advertise and get people in. So those are my strengths. But uh, yeah, there's challenges. An audience in half, I'll just book Paul. And then that's right. That's right. Usually about 75% leave. So yeah. But yeah. And then the other thing too is like, you know, you have a bad day and, and, and you're dealing with so many different personalities that, you know, somebody may not give you the, uh, the, the leeway in having that bad day. You know right. what I mean? So I don't know. Yeah. I think there's definitely like, oh, you're the boss. You have to be perfect all the time. Yeah. Smiling and yeah. And it's tough. Yeah. So to wrap things up here, Jim, if you could give sort of a life lesson, if you had your uh, Oprah moment, your TED talk moment. So again, I, 
I'm really passionate about people going for their dreams, no matter what it is and no matter what it looks like. And again, it doesn't have to look a certain way. It doesn't yeah. have to look fame, fortune. It could look like I want, you know, a family and a comfortable home, you know, and a little bit of freedom, you know, or whatever it is. But if you could give sort of your uh, your life lesson, your mantra for life to the audience. Well, I come from a background in recovery. I used to teach in recovery. I had my own struggles. And uh, my thing is I think everyone suffers from some type of hurt habit or hang up. And if they are wise enough to approach that and get help for that, um, I think it can help them move forward past whatever that brokenness is, and then they can actually achieve whatever that dream is for them. But my thing is just understand, and it's an old adage from recovery, is one day at a time. Yeah. And uh, there's days that suck. And then if you are willing to you know, go to bed and get up the next day and do what you got to do, everything will be fine. So my thing is take it one day at a time and, and push forward. That would be my big Oprah moment. Look under your chair. <laughs> it's a set. To the yeah. Uh, very cool. Jim, thank you so much. Of course. And again, so grateful for you. So grateful for this club giving me giving me a stage, giving me so much respect and opportunity. I mean, I, I you know, I, I try not to get emotional about this stuff, but it really is uh, incredible what you've built here. I'm so grateful for it. It's been a huge blessing in my life. I know you've blessed the community, so many other comedians. And I know starting any business is no walk in the park and you have to wade through a lot of hurt um, yeah. and a lot of difficulties and a lot of people casting shade. I know that, you know, you got a lot of criticism even for doing this club, you know. You know what, though? At the end of the day, there may have been some criticisms, but the praise has been so much more. Yeah. And that's what it's about. We do so many charity shows and raise so much money for the community and we've helped so many comics. You know, it's it's a sliver in the pie as far as the criticisms and the negativity. Sometimes I think in life we focus on that way too much. Yeah. Most of the pie has been amazing. But yeah, if people, uh, can I plug a little bit? Yeah. If people want to check out the, the club in any capacity, you can check us out at jpscomedyclub.com. That shows all our show information, uh, comics coming up and stuff. Uh, again, jpscomedyclub.com. And then if you'd like to follow my comedic journey, I'm on all social media as thecopcomic.com. Again, that's thecopcomic.com. I just had a video get over 15 million views. 15. And you know what that did? Am I famous? Not yet. So I'm waiting. <laughs> but yeah, thank you, Paul. That's awesome. Be on my podcast. I made it. 15 million views. I made it. That's why I actually invited. Now I got 15 views. All right. Well, Jim, thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Paul Green yeah. Comedy Podcast. I love you all so much. I hope you are out there fulfilling your dreams, your journey, pushing forward, taking it one day at a time, and you're having incredible experiences um, as you do so. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk again with you tomorrow. Bye, guys. Earth two. Yeah, all the you wanted. Perfect. Yeah, that was 20 minutes.